look, we're all here together in Las Vegas. FT Live, Ron Krasinski, Trats at Mandalay Bay. Is that where we are? Sportsbook. Well, if you don't believe me, you can look there. You can look there. You can look there. You good? Yeah, it's just it's been confirmed. A, it's been a lot. What your travel? Travel is amazing these days. Travel on the Sunday. Oh, on the Sunday, Sunday after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh my oh, god. god! It was so easy for me. We don't have an hour. So easy. Not we for don't you. have an hour for the travel soapbox oh, today. Oh my gosh! Because actually, shit's going down today too, which I do like. You Got needed a little, that. Little cook from. You the needed that. A little bit of cooking. I actually a little didn't. bit. There's actually a lot happening. There is usually a lot. nothing starts till next week. No. A lot of times, yes. a lot of times, nothing really starts till the winter meetings. The GM meetings are nothing. They're just they they're just, just information. Yeah, they get a free suite and they all order room service. And like, they all got belly belly aches too. Yeah, they all got belly aches. They all order the wrong chicken fingers. But now, listen, the teams are doing stuff in the past. Nothing usually like as a former player and a free agent, you were like, okay, oh, I get a month of nothing because until the winter meetings start, and especially with the guy like Shohei on the radar for everybody, the big the big spender teams. He always, you always had to wait, like unless you were that guy, which I never was, and that's not a knock on any me or Kratz or anybody. But, <laughs> but no, but I'm saying, like unless you were like no, that top 100%. line guy, you had to wait until the big guy signed, and then the other two's like, okay, now that we know that we're not signing Shohei, okay, now we can find money for you, and you're like, okay, well, I don't know that one had to do with the, but right. So to me, it's cool to see teams already starting, like the Cardinals, like they're making moves, yeah, early, and I like that because they know that those guys that they're making moves for. Their price may go up if they're the last one standing, and they're like, "Ah, oh, crap!" Like the Sunny Gray, twenty-five a year for three years. I like it, but it's also one of those things that if you wait around, it could get more expensive. Or a team that doesn't get Shohei, it's gonna be like, "All right, uh, we'll give you eighty-five for three years," and the Cardinals are out. So they're they're snapping, they're they're getting it while the chances are there. But he talks about like not guys who are like the upper echelon people. So then there's like the Shohei, then there's like a big group, and then there's the AJ Pruszynski, and then there's the minor league guys that are signing their contracts. You got to get your contract where you can get it as a minor league contract, but you're also kind of waiting to make sure they don't sign an AJ Pruszynski because I'm not signing the same place AJ's signing. The team that he goes to already has a backup. So I would kind of wait, but then the one year when I waited, teams were like, we can't give you this much because it could go against our salary cap. I was like, what are not salary cap, the luxury tax. I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? You're so expensive. Yeah. Cause my hundred thousand dollars <laughs> I'm going to make uh, in the minor leagues is yeah. so expensive. So it's just, it's all it's posturing. Gar- it's also just garbage. It's all it posturing. It's garbage. It's Hi, garbage. we're so rich, but we can't afford your league minimum deal. So sorry right now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yes. But well, you hear it. You hear it. I, I know. I mean, you hear everything on free agency. You they hear tried. so much bullshit. Well, <laughs> so much bullshit. While we enter into that, just one reminder, actually, because Kratz is um, showing off our foul territory, Oof. softest shirts on the planet They're today, so and it is Cyber Monday, and we do have a Cyber Monday deal on foulterritoryshop.com. Go ahead, there it is. There he is. Yeah, come back, come back. I had it. Yeah, get the single. You get the it. single, John. Give me my he single. Give me my one chef. shot. There, a little is. bit higher, there so you can is. see the whole thing. Exactly. Okay. There we go. Perfect. There's shirts. There's hats. There's wristbands. There's stickers for the kids. Wristbands if you're going to the EDC with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> we're Cardinal heavy bands. today, too, by the way. Don't forget. Well, let's what does that have to do with EDC? 
I don't know. He's just throwing <laughs> stuff out there. Because we're going to talk to Katie Wu about the Cardinals. We're going to talk to new bench what coach. Is his, He's is, bench, is coach. bench coach. Yeah. Bench coach Daniel Descalso. And we're going to talk about them right now. So let's charge the damn mound and let's actually dive into what Sonny Gray means to the St. Louis Cardinals after they already picked up Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. So Sonny signs for three years, $75 million. He's coming off one of the best seasons he's ever put together. I mean, he was top three for the Cy Young Award this year. He when was he's healthy, fantastic. he's awesome. Yeah, and he was great. And he is secondary stuff city, and it works for him, right? And it's what the league has kind of tilted itself towards anyway. They signed him for his age 34, 35, and 36 season. He had a 279 ERA this past year, 184 innings, 183 Ks, his best ERA and innings pitched since 2015. And this was a big one for me, lowest home run rate. In baseball, I know the playoffs, they got to him, but he gave up eight home runs this year. League best 039 per nine innings. I did um, a game with him this year. It was in yeah. Cleveland, I think he pitched against the Guardians who didn't hit home runs. The joke was Sonny Gray is going to give up a home run, and he hadn't given up a home run in like, I don't know, like 90 innings. And then Will Brennan, like, he gave to an outfield. Oh. We're like, what are the, the, the lowest Noah home runs with the outfield of the guard? And he yeah, was yeah. like, something's got to give Sonny Gray. Of course, he gives up a home run. We're like, dude, this guy, he was unbelievable this year. I mean, no home runs, secondary stuff, you know, curveball, sweeper, slider, changeup, everything. And he would run that high fastball at him. This guy's always had good stuff. Again, it, you know, he struggled in New York. People are always want to look at him and say, oh, New York. But, I mean, Cincinnati he was good. Oakland he was really good. Minnesota he was really good. Everywhere he's been, he's been really good, except for that little stint in New York. Not a big market guy. No. I would Which is, if, listen, a team, if there's a I'm, place you want to go. Uh-oh, uh-oh. If I was there. I was there, so go ahead. No, but what I'm saying, if there's a place you want to go, like Minnesota, awesome. Yeah. St. Louis, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you could give up 12 runs in the first thing. They're like, way to go, Sonny. They're kind of pissed in St. Thanks Louis for your right effort. Now, though, they I are, but still, they, the fans are unbelievable. They are great. And what a great name for St. Louis. Because it's either just beautiful weather or it's a rain delay in St. Louis. It's True. never like so sunny gray. It's really what's – so what going to be your New York story? The New York story. So he came over in 17, and the pitching coach at the time. Uh, was it Rothschild? Thank you. Was slider heavy. Every It was like, it was like hey, if you get 2-0, throw this guy a slider. Meetings. It's like, hey, we got you know, to bust this guy up and in, and slider's always in play. Um, you know, big poppy, uh, sliders always in play. Like it's always, it's like crazy stuff. Not in 17. He wasn't there. I was just thinking of players that we played against and Sonny comes in and he was with Oakland. So he was like, he was literally a guy that would sit there and go, you know, all right, sinker. He's like, eh, I feel like a cutter here in mid pitch. So the catchers are back there like, ah, ah, yeah. chasing balls everywhere. John Jaso hated his life. Stephen Vogt would t would talk about it all the time. He's like, dude, he's so athletic, but he's like, kind of scatterbrained, and took that completely away from him. He'd give up a hit on you know making like a field pitch. Like I think a cutter's best pitch here. If it wasn't a slider, Larry was all over him, and that affected him more than the media affected him. They made him throw more. He's like, I don't throw that many curveballs and sliders. He's like, I'm a sinker cutter guy. He's like, if I need it, I'll throw a hundred curveballs. But he said, if you tell me I have to do it, like he was just spilling his guts yeah. to me in the bullpen. I'll never forget it. In the playoffs, we were playing Cleveland. He's in the bullpen sitting next to me. And he's like, 
man, this is really tough, bro. He goes, I, I just want to pitch the way I can pitch, and he's not letting me. So I wouldn't say it was the big media. So, But he's safe from the media in St. Louis anyway. Yeah, but the media but. still plays into it. I don't care. I thought the pitching coach doesn't call the pitches. No, but they tell you the catcher what to throw. And at the time, it was Gary. And also, here's the thing. like You can say the pitching coach doesn't call pitches because I had pitching coaches that would come up to you and be like, why did you throw that pitch? And you're like, <laughs> That's you want to call the pitches? That Fastball, curveball, slider. Let's go next inning. Well, I don't want that on me. Then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right? That's well, like, that, I don't tell you. Have Toby Hall. I told you guys this. Toby Hall had the greatest line ever to Lou Pinnell. He came in. He was with the Rays. Lou Pinnell's like, Toby, why'd you call that pitch? He goes, listen, Lou, this isn't fucking PlayStation. I can't hit the X button. He throws a slider in the dirt. The guy hung it. He hit a home run. What do you want me to do? Lou, you want to call the pitches? Lou's like, God damn it, Toby. And his, you know, his voice. <laughs> and it, but like, it's right. Like, Dip, call, listen, the scouting report thing is great. But if the guy can't execute, it doesn't matter. But the thing, what he's saying is the Yankees made him uncomfortable going into the game, and he didn't feel like he yes. was pitching the way that he has his whole life. You hear this from team, from guys uh, a lot now. Guys are like, oh, I was a sinker guy, and now they're trying to make me a high four-seam guy. And he's yeah. like, that's not me, and they go back to doing their other thing. They're pretty good again. Or it goes really well, Garrett Cole yeah, to the Astros. Exactly. And Most they're like, huh. well, so there was extra stuff in there. But all that stuff goes into it. On both ends of the spectrum. Garrett Cole was a sinker guy. The Pirates were like, hey, you know, we, we just got to run that sinker in. Run it farther in. And when it's 2-0, run it farther in. And it's like Astros were like, well, here, get a little glue on your fingers, and we're going to throw that thing top of the zone because you can really spin it. And so that's how – that's that, like, dichotomy of these guys that you pick up. And some people look at it and they go, oh, man, like, he's a veteran. He should be able to figure that out. No, it's just say, still the screw same. you. I've been in the league for a minute. I've got the track record. It doesn't work like that. It dude. didn't work for That's... this many starts. It's easy now to say when you're not a player. <laughs> it's easy to say when you're not a player. Of course. Dude, it's not that easy. It's hard. We were just – Kratz and I were just having a conversation when Before I was in Boston. Okay? And I went over there, and I was four, it was 2014. I This is my 14th year being a starting catcher in the major leagues. I get over there, and they're like, we're changing everything. And I'm like, I finally got to a point where I was like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't working. With your swing or with your catching? Catching. With your receiving? It was unbelievable. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, they had me doing stuff. I'm like, I've been doing this for a decade and a half now, and you want to change everything? And I'm like, this ain't going to – finally, I mean, I ended up getting DFA, but it, it was like middle of June, and I'm like, listen, guys, like, I need to just do what I have done for my whole career. And they're like, well, you know, I don't think that's working. I'm like, you know, and three weeks later I get DFA, which is fine. But, you know, you can say big market, whatever. But if you're not comfortable with, like, your, as a pitcher, your pitch selection going into a game, it's, it's really hard. If you're not comfortable with what you're doing every day as a player, it's impossible to perform. Sounds like another former Yankee that then thrived, Jordan Montgomery. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Yeah, that's true. There's a bunch of them. It's so, – yeah. Because the Yankees are in the spotlight, you're always going to look. No, no, at no. Them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but I'm I mean, just bringing no, them. I'm yeah. picking on them, but I can pick on others too. It but is, but that, that's the that's the relationship between players and coaches, and you can pick that out so many times. It's not. That's why I choose to believe most of the time when players are have a bad year. Oh, he's he's on the downswing. He's on the wrong wrong side of thirty. Okay, Aaron Nola, Kravitz left. He was a Cy Young candidate the year Kravitz was his pitching coach. Kranitz. Rick Kranitz. What did I say? Yeah. Rick Kranitz. Sorry. Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz was not coach. there. Not a, but great, great, great musician. Joe in Vegas, probably. Probably. He could be yeah. there. He could he be, here. be here. 
But he leaves. Aaron Nola went through some times because he didn't have his pitching coach that really connected with him and was there during a good year. Where did Kranitz go? Atlanta. <laughs> For how many years of playoffs with constantly just running new pitchers in and out that are on the Cy Young ballot? Yeah. Pitching there's, coach there's has been that. changed and evolved too. So. Good and bad. Right. Good and bad. Brent Strom, playoffs. It all matters. Pay him more. Mm. So we'll do much more Cardinals later. Let's spend two minutes on Kenta Maeda to the Detroit Tigers because, hey, I don't know if you realize the AL Central is kind of up for grabs. The Twins are cutting payroll, right? We've already gone through multiple players that they're not going to have back next year, including Sonny Gray today. Kenta Maeda now going from the Twins, and he was really good at the end of the season. He started off slow, but he was really good for the Twins down the stretch. Now he goes basically from Minnesota to Detroit. The White Sox are a mess that we cover all the time. The Guardians are trying to hang around the bottom three or five payroll, and they certainly don't look like they're a force by any means right now. The Detroit Tigers pick up a pitcher who they probably have to give an extra year to to kind of separate themselves from the pack. I'm sure Kenta Maeda got a lot of one-year deals in this range, but it's two years. It's $24 million. In my mind, guys, and I know it's for his 36 and 37 age seasons, I think this kind of play has more upside than what St. Louis just did with Lance, but especially with Kyle Gibson too. Like Kenta Maeda, if he's healthy and looks like he did in his last 16 starts of the season, which was a 3-3-90 ERA, that's a number three starter in my mind. Well, if and he's also on the he mound, go come out of the bullpen. He's done that before too. He can do that he later can be a on. Swing in the guy. He can yep. do. Listen, this guy like this. Got a, this is a good move. Especially he just had Tommy John, so he just came back. So you're counting on it not new blowing. bionic arm. Well, you're, but you're not counting on it blowing out again. Yeah, is what was more of the point. And I think this is a great signing. Plus, it sends a message to the rest of the division. The Tigers have always had been a team that had the financial ability to be the one juggernaut. I mean, the White Sox, but obviously. But the Tigers have had the ability to be that juggernaut and go like, all right, we're Illich was like, remember? Fielder, Victor Martinez, Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, Animal Sanchez, which... Miggy extension, mm. Dontrell. Like, boom, we're throwing, you know, Carlos Guillen, Magli Ordonez. We're throwing money, right? Pudge Rodriguez. And it worked. They got to the playoffs. They got to the World Series. They never won one, but they they did it. They Now this sends a message to the rest of the Central if I'm in the White Sox or the Twins or, or the whoever, the Guardians. And I'm like, oh, shit, are the Tigers turning it back on? Now they need more. They still need more starting pitching. They need they need Mize to come back. They need Scooble to be healthy, right? They need some of their young guys to take the next step. But this, to me, is the one team in the Central that is kind of ratcheting up. Yeah, and I like their outfield, too. I really like Riley Green. I mean, I think there's a ton of upside Torkelson there. figured it out this year. Torkelson figured it out. Mark Hanna was a sneaky little pickup already. So and I think Luke, they have to listen, do more. Nothing but. against Miguel Cabrera, but him being gone now, it gives him financial flexibility, obviously. Yeah. But it also takes away that shadow. Now, he wasn't a bad teammate. He was, he was a great teammate. He was a great player. But there's also that thing of, God, we got to figure out how to get Miggy. Because when you talk to AJ Hinch, he's like, we still got to get Miggy at bats, but we'd really like to give him to this guy is the DH. Well, they had Miggy and they couldn't really do that for the whole year, right? Last basically the last two or three years. Yep. So that also clears that. And now they have more flexibility in their lineup construction. They might be a pain in the ass in the central. They might be contending for the division. I think it's possible. And if there's somebody that's pushed a team from a rebuild to championships, it was AJ Hinch. When he first got that job, I talked to him about the different guys that they were hoping would come up pitching-wise, and now they've had injuries with those guys. Some of them haven't done well. You add Maeda, 
who's going to give you innings. You have Scooble, who I think is the best there, and they love Mize. I love Scooble, though. I think Scooble's taken that next step mm-hmm. this past year of being a of being an, a strikeout pitcher in the zone. He wasn't just, oh, I got to tickle the edges. I got to do the, you know, the backdoor cutter, all that stuff. He comes right at guys, and I think, I think it's theirs. I think it's theirs for the taking. I'm not saying Kent Maeda pushed them to division winners. But I think they're probably at like an 83 win type of team right now. They love Scooble. Amai's had the shoulder, though. That's the thing that worries me. He had the shoulder. And I, I don't think, know. Scooble, I love – listen, they love Scooble. Talk to Hinch. He's like, this is the dude. Yeah. Jackson Job, who we spoke to, is a really good pitching prospect who should be up this year. I'm just saying. Let's and they have Scooble's around. good interview, too. We need to get him on here. It's good talk. They have athletes, right. too. I like Kerry Carpenter in the outfield. And Parker Meadows is going to be good, too. So there's names there, okay? I mean – they have not been talked about. They need a short um, And they stop. do have Javi Baez. They have Javi Baez. They have Javi Baez remorse. Willie That's a Adamus. problem. And Russ Dorsey with us. Not literally with us. We have an extra <laughs> chair. Just in case you change your mind or you have a tough day and you're like, screw it, I'm going to Vegas. We do have a chair for you. Just in case. Okay? Just throwing it out there. But in the meantime. Wait, can you make it out here before the Bears kick off tonight on Monday Night Football? Are you paying for the private jet to come get me, AJ? What private jet? Southwest is great, dude. It's He'll private for your, with a lot of other people. Economy ticket. No, I'm not making it. I'm not making it. In line early, you can pick your seat or something like that is how it goes. If you there. get it in early. No, no. You have a, you have an A. You have a, a 1 through 15. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll pay for your upgrade, the 25 bucks. How's that? The business select. <laughs> done. Done. So, Russ, let's actually go right into our conversation on the Tigers right now and where you think they're at as a ball club. And really where the AL Central is at, because that's part of the conversation here is that maybe they're contenders this year again after the Kenta Maeda signing and what they did with Marcana and maybe a couple more moves coming up and the young talent that they have. Where do you think the Tigers are at? Like maybe you can start by ranking the division and then get into what you think the move was like. Yeah, I think when I'm looking at this division now, with the twins cutting back on salary and the Tigers going into the, you know, this past season, they were supposed to be a better team uh, than they were, right? Like at the, at the end of the 2021 season, the Tigers were one of the best teams in baseball. Then they didn't play like that in 2022. Then we started to see that team from the back half of 2021 in 2023. And now going into 2024, I think you have a Tigers team that is young. They're athletic. They've, as AJ mentioned, with the Miguel Cabrera deal being done now, you cut some of that payroll. And so I think they're in a really good spot. And they have some young players like Kerry Carpenter, who is a, a really good player. Spencer Torkelson fin- figuring things out. And then on the starting pitching side, you add Kenta Maeda. Tark Skubal is one of the best young arms in the big leagues right now. You have Reese Olsen. You have Matt Manning. Uh, Casey Mize is going to come back at what point to what level we don't know yet but i think the tigers are starting to figure some things out and in a division where there's nobody that's really you know blowing you away as far as the talent i think they're in a good spot tigers is a team that could absolutely like just go all in detroit big money we get it that's not there but big money in the nl in the al central is different than big money other places is there somebody out on the market or a trade right before the break, I had said Willie Adamas moving Baez the second kind of thing. But is there a trade or a big signing out there that you would say raise your eyebrows and go, 
You just passed the Twins. If they could find a third baseman, I don't know who that guy is, but just like to have the the bookends of Spencer Torkelson at first base every day and then a power-hitting third baseman with Riley Green in center, with Kerry Carpenter in right field, that would tell me, okay, you you figured some things out here because I don't think being able to score runs is going to be the, the Tigers' issues. It's are your starters going to be able to stay healthy for the long run? Because I think two years ago, if you ask people about the Tigers, oh, we love their young rotation, Spencer Turnbull, who's now, you know, they non-tendered, and Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal, all these young arms, and they weren't able to stay healthy at the same time. So if they can find a middle-of-the-order bat to play third base for them every day that would to me would help solidify that lineup and then you're full steam ahead so does the name matt chapman work for the tigers there russ we had too much last week i know i know i'm just saying that's a name that would work if you said power hitting third baseman that's the guy no shade it's no shade to matt chapman if they could bring matt chapman in on a a reasonable deal, all things considered, and say, all right, Matt, you're going to be our leader in that room now. You're going to be the guy penciled in, hitting fourth or fifth every day, play platinum glove third base, hit some homers. Even, you know, they brought the, the fences in, in in Detroit, So, and you're playing in Chicago, you're playing in Cleveland, places where you get the ball at the ballpark. I don't, I don't hate that for the Tigers. Also, not trading their young relievers. They have a bunch of like cheap young relievers that were good this year, and I read articles all over the place like, oh, maybe they'll trade them here or there. I'm like, no, if they're trying to compete, those guys are cheap and they're good and they're young. I'm like, no way. But anyway, AJ, there's Chapman, there's Candelario. Yeah, there Chapman's is the answer. If we're going Justin off Russ, Turner. But yeah, Justin Turner would be a great guy to come in for a year or two and, and be the bridge in the clubhouse mm-hmm. that they need. But my thing is, Matt Chapman fits the best, Russ. But why does he have to be reasonable? The, the Tigers have Buku's of money. And two, mm-hmm. the other thing that, that you started this whole thing off with before you jumped me, why are the Twins cutting salary? The Twins made the payroll or the playoffs. They won a playoff series for the first time since 2002. Why the fuck are the Twins cutting payroll? It's not like their payroll was $350 million. It was very reasonable. And all they got to do is maybe go out and sign a pitcher or two, bring back Sonny Gray who liked it there. And they could have had a chance of the division again. Still, oh, we're cutting payroll. Why? I'll start with the Twins first. I, I, I'd I love to uh, have an answer for you, but I don't have one. And I, I think when the Twins w- surprised the baseball world, shocked the baseball world, and signed Carlos Correa and brought him in, that was kind of like the, okay, the, the Twins aren't playing around. And they signed Byron Buxton to the, the extension, which, hey – they made that decision to keep Byron in, in Minnesota. Hasn't really worked out for them the way they thought it would. But they had been able to develop a lot of young players on the offensive side of baseball. They've developed starting pitching. They were able to acquire a lot of starting pitching where it's like, you know, the, the Minnesota Twins are starting to put something together. And it felt like Sonny Gray fit that market perfectly, fit that team perfectly, what they wanted to put together there. And it is a bit of a head scratcher that you can you commit to a guy like a Carlos Correa long term and say, hey, man, we're going to be for real. And then the following offseason, you're cutting payroll. Um, As far as the Tigers and Matt Chapman, I think the reasonable comes from the part of the 659 OPS after May 1st was how I'm thinking, because I know that's how teams are going to think. Right. 
they're going to say, Matt Chapman, we know you got big time power. We know you have a crazy glove. We know you're going to be good in the room. But was that more you the from May 1st on last year? Or was that, you know, an exception to the rule? And I think teams are going to look at it that way. Like, who is the real Matt Chapman? So they're going to be anchored by Kent Maeda and Tarek Skubal? Or can they make that splash with Jordan Montgomery, a 31-year-old 30, who's going to clearly, after what Sonny Gray got, is going to cost $25 million a year? Well, I think you and I both know, Kratzy, you're going to need more five dudes to, to get through a season. And especially with those guys coming off of injury like Schubel and Mize, and you have young guys in, in Matt Manning and Reese Olsen, you need some veterans in that rotation. So I wouldn't be shocked if they're still in the market looking for some veteran starting pitching. Jordan Montgomery, outside of school, don't have really another left-hander in there that you can trust. That would make some sense to me. Yeah, and you're damn right. The division is down. It is time right now. I mean, look, the division is pitiful. It's like usually when we look at the trade deadline, for example, the winner were the Minnesota Twins because they didn't sell and everyone else did. I mean, that's how you describe the AL Central right now. So, yeah, Detroit should get after it. I think this is the offseason for them to be aggressive. I haven't heard them a lot in terms of like playing at, at the top of the market, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully they do. Okay, let's move to the Dodgers, Russ, who finally make their big move this offseason. <laughs> no, all kidding aside, Jason Hayward, though, one year, nine million bucks. Obviously, they're playing at the top of the market. I'm sure they're in on, obviously, they're in on Otani. I'm sure they're in on Yamamoto, et cetera. But what do you think of them bringing back a player who, if you look at what he did this past season, it was really freaking good for them. That's not high cost for a one-year contract for a player that put together his stats. Yeah, I think when you look at what Jay Hay had to do going to L.A., playing for the Dodgers on a minor league deal that wasn't guaranteed, making the roster, and then being okay with that platoon role, which a lot of guys, after starting their whole careers, aren't comfortable with. He fit right into that. It helped that he had a lot of guys that he knew on that roster, knew Mookie Betts, had been best friends with Freddie Freeman from their time back in Atlanta. And I, I think for Jay Hay, he didn't have to have the pressure of the big deal anymore. And now he could go out there and just play his game. Had his highest OPS, highest power numbers in well over four or five years. And I think this is just having a guy like that in the room is helpful. We talk about Kyle Schwarber all the time. Very similar. And just being a guy that you know, people kind of gravitate towards. I think Jason Hayward, as well as being a really good player last year for the Dodgers, is just a great person to have, professional uh, good on and off the field. And, and I think for the Dodgers, I think they they went into last year saying, all right, Jay, hey, show us why you should be here. He showed, and now they paid him for it. Cardinals were signing Jay Hay signed back with the Cardinals, but maybe that's too soon for Cardinals <laughs> fans. Maybe we're not gonna we're not gonna have that. But no chance. Has this <laughs> has this signing because the Dodgers just throw ten million dollars, nine to twelve million dollars out there like it's like yeah, we'll see if it works out. Has this signing devalued the market or has it overvalued or, or pushed the market up? It's a guy that's a two-war player. So technically, $9 million for a guy who created two-war at age 35. He was 34 this year, so next yep. year he'll be 35. Is this, a, is this something that other teams are looking at and going, dang it, 
we missed that. Not that they had a chance for him or our team saying, dang it, they're overpaying. Now it's going to be even more for us to get some of these 32-year-old guys. I think it might be closer to that, Kratzy, where I think teams already look at the Dodgers and say, man, they they get to do some stuff that we don't get to do or we <laughs> won't do, right? Um, and I think there's always been this understanding that the Dodgers get to play in different water than everybody else playing, than most teams get to play in. And so I, I don't want to discredit Jay Hay after the season that he had. Like, he went out there, played well, hit for power, like people thought he could do for a long time, uh, played good defense. It allowed them to have flexibility with Mookie Betts to move him to short, move him to second base. And I think it's one of those areas where I think the Dodgers value Jay Hay differently than other teams do because of what he allows them to do as far as Mookie Betts, right? Like, I don't think it's just a, a one-for-one type of move. I think it's one, you get Jay Hay, and you're allowed to do this, you're allowed to do this. You can start Mookie at second base and short against right-handed pitching. You can pencil in Jay Hay against right-handed pitching and move things around like that. And so I think they value it differently than another team might look at Jay Hay. Um, and I think it works out for Jay Hay in the end. Like you get $9 million coming off of a of solid season. But I, I think uh, uh, other teams, other teams in the marketplace might look at it and say, oh, are you, are you maybe overpaying a guy? How much? I, I think he's underpaid. I think he well the year he had last year. Based off the year he just he had. had. A great year. How much, Russ, I just want to know, first of all, he had a great year, but how much did the Freddie Freeman influence happen? I mean, with Hayward, because he struggled, struggled, struggled. Him and him and Freddie are literally, I mean, like this. Boys since they came were, up together. Yeah, since they were drafted. They were drafted. They were roommates. They became like best friends. So, I mean, does Freddie Freeman get a cut of this deal from J.A.? Is he like, <laughs> hey, man, like, you know, <laughs> you got me another qu- nine mil, bro. Here's a, here's a couple. Is that a real question? And also, does Freddie need the money? No, but it's still if, nice if, if your if friends I'm, pay if for something I'm Jay Hay. If I'm Jay, hey, I go, big dog, I think the Dodgers took care of you. And I know Atlanta <laughs> yeah, you're good. You. I'm just going to keep my $9 million and I'm going to put that in the bank. But thank you. I was, more talking, about the three of, I was more talking about the three of you. Us? I don't know what that means. You know, like, you know, when because friends we help a friend help. out, Kratz, Scott, Russ. So we need to kick your – You need to give me money. I'll get your lunch today. Man, you're such a pal. Sam, AJ, Sam. you do this thing. I know how many years you played in the big leagues. <laughs> what does that matter? It's that not. means you should be helping me. <laughs> friendship dues. Friendship dues. Russ, this is a thing. This is a thing. He will pay for all the meals. He's he's being humble. He's being super humble. So anytime you go out, don't even reach for your wallet. Oh, he doesn't. He's got it. <laughs> he's got it. It's offensive. It's offensive if you reach for his wallet. Because he's like, Google me. Check me I, out on baseball <laughs> reference. Crass, here's my thing. I I, I don't. I, I believe you, but it might be different Russ rules when me and AJ are out. <laughs> like, Russ is like, Russ is like this. He's like, my, my hand don't go that far. Nah, I can't get it down nah. there. I don't I know think, why. Think, I'm like, I go in here, go in my wallet. I'm ready Look at all the dust. AJ. Look when he shakes that thing. Look at all the dust that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll take you to a team that has to pay for all the dinners right now. Ready? Yeah. Our poll question, which we're late to the party here, but I wanted to wait to bring it out during this segment. We're talking Giants for a couple minutes. Will they make a big impact this offseason? We basically put it as a statement. and The Giants will be making a big impact this offseason. So is it A, true, B, they'll only sign like one good player, C, they do nothing, which you might laugh at, but we thought they were going to do something at the trade deadline, and they did literally nothing, or D, 
Otani or bust. So where would you vote? It's kind of like an all over the place poll. Where would you vote and where are you at right now in San Francisco? Because in my mind, I think there's a stigma with some players that are already in the league that don't want to go there for a variety of reasons, right? And I think that if I'm San Francisco, they're probably heavily going after some players that are coming over from Japan because there's a ton of talent coming over from Japan this offseason. And maybe they don't care as much about the team being mediocre, the platoon city and the, hey, we're going to have two starters and everyone else is going to be weird. And some guys don't like the city, right? Like all of that stuff that's into play, I don't think might might not be as much of a play for an international signing. What are your thoughts? I I honestly think they need to be Otani or bust. And I think when I say that, 30 teams should be Otani or bust, right? But I think with San Francisco specifically, they went all in on Judge and missed. They were all in on Harper and missed. And they've needed somebody to be the face of that franchise since Buster Posey retired. And at some point, uh, like, I don't think, I think Lamont Wade Jr. is a really good player. I don't think he's the face of that that franchise right i think mikey shrimsky is a good player i don't think that he's the face of that franchise like who's going to be the guy that is the aircraft carrier for you as a, a franchise and as a ball club like who's the guy that people are going to say you know what? i must see this guy play uh at oracle tonight like who is that person why not it, let it be the best player in the world right and so to me that's if you're going to throw all your money at somebody like they tried to throw all their money at carlos correa that deal fell through so why not say, all right, if we're going to throw all our money at somebody, let's let it be the best player the world has seen and and, and just make that our, our huge move and then go from there. Russ, has there ever been an organization that needs a star? I mean, we just kind of hit on it a little bit, but the Giants need a star. The Giants are better. Obviously, Barry was the star of stars, right? And then you had Buster Posey, but right. you also had Bumgarner and Lincecum and Kane and uh, uh, Crawford was great, Brandon Belt, Pablo Sandoval. I mean, how many Panda – freaking hats did you see running right. around you know whatever it's called now i still want to call it at&t from when i played there but i know it's oracle i think now parker yep whatever it's called out there but there's no fan base that needs a star more they've tried you mentioned judge and correa and they keep trying and trying and trying but otani's it right like if you can get if you can convince shohei otani to go to san francisco i feel like it changes the stigma that's kind of out there that people don't want to go to san francisco now will otani want to go to san francisco it's freezing cold all year, right? You're in August. You're in heavy coats and parkas there, okay? And the ball doesn't go anywhere. And don't give me this. Dude, you didn't play baseball. Well, it I, sucks I, when it's August. I, I, and you're I live a, here. You're in a puffy jacket, and you're going, oh, my God, it's August. I like. I want to wear sunny and sweat. Dude. I live yeah, but in Chicago. Still, I understand you're in a blizzard, but, I mean, in <laughs> August, you don't want to be in a blizzard, right? I mean, I, I remember playing there in August, and I'm in a long sleeves, and I'm like, gosh, how can I get warm, right? But the ball also doesn't carry there as a hitter. So why would Otani not want to go to a place like, I don't know, I know Dodger Stadium is not the greatest hitter's park in the world, but at least you know the weather's good. It's going to be 72 every game and everything's perfect. I don't know. It just seems like they're going to have to overpay so much at times to get guys, and they have, they've they been willing to do it, but they haven't got roped the guy in yet. I Well, you talk about stars, AJ. You played there, right? You got to mention yourself in that conversation. No, dude. I was the guy I was the guy behind Barry Bonds that they intentionally walked 400 times that year to get to. Um, but no, nah, you're right. I think they I think they need they need him. And I think when you look at, you know, Farhan Zaidi since he got there, what have they been able to do? I know they had the 107 win season, 
when then they got bounced by the Dodgers, right, in the postseason, who won 106 games that year. So I think the clock is starting to tick on Farhan and this regime in their front office. And at some point, they're going to have to land that big fish, right? I know they have the, the blank check to give to somebody, and they've been trying to give it out, but nobody's accepting it. Uh, I think you would write that check to Shohei and make him say no to your – Four hundred fifty, five hundred, five hundred fifty million dollars. Make him say no. Okay, so he says no. What's Plan B? <laughs> who's the second? Who's the second star? Who is the second yeah. star out on the market? Or are they just going to go, you know, a Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, G. Mark Candelario, and try to piece it together? Like I last off season. Like last That's off what season. They did. But because Haniger and Conforto, guys that they're like, ah, we hope we like them. I like those Cobb. players. But they're not going to go out and get pitching because who? What pitcher is going to be like? Yeah, cool. I want to be a bulk guy if I struggle for a little bit. And they're they're sitting there going, "Ah, eh, we got a lot of value in Ryan Clark starting sixty three of our games." They're they're going to blame some of that on Gabe Kapler. They already blame Gabe. He gone. Yeah, we know. We know. I'm just telling you. For example, Russ, if I sit down with Yamamoto and I'm San mm-hmm. Francisco, right, and they don't get Otani, let's say Otani says screw it. Now, my one thing on Otani is they better offer so much more than everyone else because why the hell not? And they need their superstar. So like, you're saying don't come up short. offer fifty more than anybody else is offering. I put in no. the chat. I said fifty to hundred more. Who cares? 70. They have no superstar. Did they do that with he'll, Judge? He'll did they try that with Judge? Yeah, yeah he's it like, didn't work. But I'm like, saying try that again. It didn't work, but try that again. Okay, so let's say that doesn't happen, all right? Now we're on to Yamamoto, and his representatives say, hey, uh, we noticed that, especially in the second half of last year, you only really had two starters, and you were kind of screwing with everyone else. We don't really like that. Now, it's Yamamoto. Like, any team should not be messing around with a guy who could be and should be a number one. They're probably sitting down there and saying, you know, the way the coaching staff was set up last year, that was something they were into. That's why we cleared that up. We all know it also has to do just as much, if not more, with the front office, and that's what Farhan Zaidi likes to do. But they're going to say, that's our scapegoat. We're not going to do that with someone like you, correct? I would imagine that would be the case. Like, I have a hard time believing that they would turn Yamamoto uh, into a bolt guy. Um, <laughs> but that should be <laughs> that should be the guy that they go – I think that's a guy that any team should be going after right now. The guy's 25 years old. And you have a lot of projectability with him. And then think about their rotation. If they go and bring him over, you have him. You have Logan Webb, who's a stud, right? You have Alex Cobb. You have Harrison, one of their young prospects. Like, I think you, you're going to build with starting pitching and defense and then go from there. And then you can make your trades and shrewd moves and try to bring guys in. Because I still think they need some offense. I think that's the area where they would end up struggling in that division especially. But I think their starting pitching is as good as any of those teams uh, in the NL West uh, outside of the D-backs. But if they can sign Yamamoto, I think that pushes you ahead of what Arizona can do. And it's more, uh, I would say, a slight on how they handled their pitching this year. My point is you're going to pay the consequences, and I'll ask these guys too, you're going to pay the consequences if – you operate like you did in the second half, especially, but really for the whole year, right? Like everything is a platoon. It, it's like the extreme of no roles and the bulk. And you don't know what the hell you're doing unless you're right. Logan Webb or I guess Cobb to an extent. It sets a bad precedent if you're a free agent and you're picking between two teams. No, 
Doesn't that set a bad precedent? They didn't do it with Logan Webb. But they didn't do it with Logan yeah. Webb. I know they didn't do it with Webb. I'm not saying for Yamamoto. Stars. I'm saying but if the you're, other a three mid- days they okay, you're a mid-tier you're a mid-tier starter, right? And you're looking at them. Aren't you like, eh, I don't really trust them. I don't like what they did. And it didn't work. That's Ross Stripling. How is he? Yeah. That, that, that's, that, you would have to, you would have to like put a name to the mid-tier starter. Like, who are you, who are you saying? Like, if they go and get Kyle Gibson, Kyle Gibson might be like, I don't want to be a bulk guy. Don't. Yeah. Put me in that. Don't put me in that. He also didn't sign there, though. But but I'm saying it, but it those would have names to be would think twice. Kyle Gibson, Kenta Maeda, Lance Lynn. I agree. Nick Martinez, Luis Severino, Lucas Giolito, Seth Lugo. There's a ton of names that all would be looking at them like. So what's your plan now? You guys going to be a little different with someone like me? If I struggle for three starts, are you going to say I put oh, it, you're coming in the third? I put it in my contract. If I come in, if I if I don't start. I get bonuses. Yes. <laughs> that yes. would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. My question for you, Russ, is look back at what the Rangers did in 2021. They spent over a half a billion dollars. And then in 2022, they spent more monies, many, many monies on DeGrom. Will, if you combine what they spent in those two off seasons, will the Giants spend more this offseason, because if the Rangers can do it, I know they were coming into a new stadium. They were flush with money, too. But the Giants can go more. So I don't know that number. I think it's like I think it's six hundred and ninety five million they spent in the two years. If I'm if my math's right. But anyway, do they go over or under that this offseason in the length of contracts? Because that worked. The Rangers did, did it. It did work, which is why we people always say, hey, spending money works. Um, my gut says under just because they're not enough guys to spend that money on in this offseason to do what the Rangers did in two offseasons, where if you don't land Otani, you're probably not spending – anywhere near that type of money to even get to $500 million. Because even if you bring in uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto on, a, let's say it's $220 million, that would take another $400 million to get close to what the Rangers spent. And I just don't see the players on the market. I don't see them being able to acquire as many players it would take to get to that number this offseason. Okay. Yamamoto, Blake Snell. No, no one's no one's getting all those players. No team's gonna do it. If you if you're saying no team's gonna do it, it okay, it, it but sounds if great. If it's fantasy baseball, and I'm like, I'll take Snell, I'll take Yamamoto, I'll take Otani, I'll take Chapman. Uh, let's see who else is out there. I'm gonna acquire all these guys. No team's gonna do it. The Yankees have I'm done being, that in the past. They don't I'm do being it real. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, Yankees, the Dodgers anymore. don't do that anymore. The Yankees. But the don't Giants do it. need to make a splash. And here's my thing: if yeah, you're if gonna say, it, not, if you say, Farhan's not gonna let them. Five hundred and twenty million, Shohei. Shohei says, "I don't like the cold. No, I don't want it. I'm going to take five hundred twenty million from the Dodgers." They say, five hundred twenty million. Yamamoto, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman. Yeah, they could do that. Absolutely. Have you, Farhan's. You got. You have to understand also. And I. Farhan's and I think, offered offered four hundred million to Josh. But I, I don't. I think here's the thing. I think Farhan now has gotten to a point, and he and it was Gabe and him. They're like, we're the smartest people in the world. We're going to figure it out by nickel and dime, which is what they've kind of done, right? They did that. In the one year it worked. In the one year it worked. 2021, when they won off, they lost the That year worked. But it hasn't worked any other. 
It hasn't worked any other year. No. But they also, a lot of these guys, a lot of these GMs now, and this isn't, this is just the way people think now. They are like, I am smart and I can do this by putting smaller pieces together. Chris Young, the ex-player, went out and said, fuck that. I'm going out and I'm getting Seeger, Simeon, DeGrom, Avaldi, Scherzer, Montgomery, Hedges, whoever the hell else I can get. And I'm spending all the money because I'm a former player and I know what it takes to win. Dombrowski, what does he do? He goes out because that's his MO. He's always had this MO. I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend it all and I'm going to get these great players in and we're going to make a run. Hell yeah, if I'm a player. Now, but you don't, but these guys all think, oh, our algorithm says we can, you know, analytics has a place, but the algorithm says, oh, if we get, if we bring in Conforto and Hanniger and Jock Peterson and Lamont Wade Jr. and this guy, Jacob Junis, starts 74 of our 162 games this year, right? <laughs> and this guy, you know, the, 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 the Giants had two guys that started Webb and Cobb. And then the other three days were bullpen days. Yeah, it was, and it guess was what? Ugly. Everybody in the bullpen was like, eh, eh, oh, I can't pitch the last two months. And they went, okay. So I'll ask this to Russ since Russ is listening we to go us. got to Banter. Is this Farhan Zaidi doing this? Or is this the fact that Farhan Zaidi couldn't land Correa, couldn't land. They were going for the big players. They haven't Judge, hit. Giancarlo. John this isn't, Car- I, I, they I'll, were going I'll after help. these guys. I'll help. This is more than, than Zaidi because this goes before he was even there too. It, for yes. us. It, it's ownership. It's what I'm talking about. It's the organization. There's a lot to it. We don't have time. So I'm, I'm unfortunately going to say, Russ, we'll talk about it next time. There, there's good stuff. Yeah, one last sentence if you want it. But otherwise. I, yeah, but, this organization. Wait, you're paying for willing- lunch? <laughs> I will pay for lunch if you get the next one, AJ. Okay. Oh, Otani <laughs> pays for lunch in San Francisco. Russ, great to talk to you. We'll catch you soon, man. Shout out to BetMGM. And our $1,500 first bet offer is in play. It is football season. AJ would be the first to Bear tell down you. tonight. Bear the down. bonus code is foul. If you're new to the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android, or you can hit up BetMGM.com, sign up and deposit at least 10 bucks into your new BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager, and depending on what that wager is, you receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. And if that happens, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm going to see if we can find Jamie Foxx, maybe in the hotel or something He's like right. that. He was over in the... He was here when I checked I see him, him everywhere on signs. I just want to find him. I feel like Kevin Garnett's more on the signs here. On our really? signs, here I see a little more KG. Much higher ch- chance that we will meet or run into or hang out with Kevin Garnett, I would say, than ben, Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Fox? Fair? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, right now, I'll just, while we have a minute, run through the odds to win the AL versus the NL. I'm sure you can guess the heavy favorite. Not heavy favorite. The favorite in the National League to win the Braves. NL. Braves at plus 300. Dodgers. The Dodgers are at plus 380. And the Phillies would be the three right now. Phillies are plus 500, and right then it's now. a pretty big drop-off. Yeah, but Atlanta and L.A. close, I think, because the odds are like, hmm. Well, first of all, they Atlanta, might get Otani. First of all, Atlanta's team is already set, pretty much. I mean, they're position player-wise. And they're going to add a starter. They'll I think somebody, that's pretty okay. obvious. And they like, brought in Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and then you have the Dodgers, who everyone just expects to win the division as a champ, so. Those are, those are the two options. I think they're banking on the Dodgers signing Otani, and that's true. why it's boosted up to that kind of level. On the American League side, Houston and Texas are pretty much neck and neck, and then it's a drop off after also that. Also true because the AL is so tough. Yep, it's less about it's less about. I, I agree with these. It'd be more about 
who signing with one of these eight teams makes them jump? Otani to the Blue Jays. Yeah. To make the biggest jump. Blue Jays That's aren't on call. here, but yeah, oh are. yeah, Toronto. By the way, we are here for a three-day stretch. So this show will be in its regularly scheduled time slot today, obviously for another hour, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then check out our socials, and we'll talk about it more at the end for more information. But on Tuesday night, there is the Playmakers Party, which features a number of current big leaguers. And they will be there, and we will talk to some of them. We're also going to get some of the players in the next couple of days to show up here bright and early. Because it is actually early in Las Vegas right now for our FT fam that's not on the West Coast. The Let's show Let's starts at East 9. Coast. Or no, 10. 10 here. 10. 10 here. Same time. East Coast. But if you're an East Coast guy, 10's, huh. not, 10's not early. Unless you get in at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Ten. That um, 9 o'clock call time this morning came way early. Did it? Yeah. You, some of us didn't oh, get here you got and go in to the late. pool all day yesterday like you did. I did not do that. I didn't get in that early. I, I was coming from Orlando, dude. It is a trek. It is a trek. It is yeah, a two-flight trek. You in the morning. You I left at 10 at night. I understand. You drive. It's a flight. It's a five-hour flight. No, it's not direct. No, you can't. We got to take two. Unless oh, you're on the. Another reason not to live in Orlando. There, there is direct. I'm not going to get into it. It's a whole nother topic. We are going to try and play general manager. That is the worst Darth Vader I have ever. It, it heard. wasn't even like a full. Looks like Claudia drew that in her spare time. Or... <laughs> well, she did. She did a great job. She was sitting there one day, and she's like, okay, I'm going to try and draw Darth Vader. It just, she she copied it. She put tracing paper over it. Tracing paper. Just out of the line. So I'm speaking of Star Wars, here's Mike Petriello saying, every other team would ask the same question. They may not have the same answer, but absolutely nothing about asking this is Yankee-specific. That's in reference to uh, WFAN putting out that the Yankees reportedly have concern with Cody Ballinger's hard hit rate. This, this honestly, more tweet for you too. I, I, this makes me so happy. So this was actually a, a comment. I asked for this to be put on here. This was just a comment from a fan um, who I, I just, I liked this. I thought this added to the combo. The fan said hit, Cody Ballinger's batted ball metrics in non two strike counts were actually pretty okay. Not great, but around league average. The thing was, he had an extreme two-strike approach where he was just trying to put bat on ball, and it actually worked very well. Average-wise, helped a lot, lefty versus lefty, and for lowering his K rate, which was a problem in the past. So, This signing makes too much sense. Bellinger what to do the New Yankees York? need? Left-handed, hitter with some pop. Who okay. also obviously Can plays play gold a mean outfield. And but my thing at is, two positions. My, here's my question for this for, for WFAN, whoever wrote this. His two strike hard hit rate. Okay. Cody Bellinger in the second tweet was awesome. Why? Because with two strikes, if you watch the Cubs and you watch Cody Bellinger, I saw him get more hits where two strikes, like especially against lefties who the Dodgers for years said he couldn't hit. He'd just go boop and just hit a little base hit to left. Right. Now he was trying to do damage until that point. Swinging hard, falling down, the whole deal like he always does. He was also healthy this year. And his OPS was off the charts. This goes back to, great, the Yankees were great in hard hit percentage and this and that. They missed the playoffs. They were 14th in the AL in strikeouts, okay? Like, this doesn't. This signing makes way too much sense for the Yankees not to pursue this at all with everything going forward. That, and that I was an 0-1 pitch, by the way. So that's before 
he uh, shortens up. That's not his real swing. But who cares? What, <laughs> listen, wait, you what, can't have two swings. What have we talked about for, for the last, I don't know how many ever years, how many years has the team that strikes out like the least makes it all the way to the world series and usually wins. Yes, well, no, there's a balance. No, I, there is there's but, a balance. Not the, the Astros Guardians. are the, obviously the example, right? They hit homers and they don't strike out. Okay. They're the pit. They're the pinnacle, but, but you have to, the twins are 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 pushing the bottom they, of that playoff they made the line. Playoffs, but yeah, but well, and so the Guardians because they have no pop. Who? And and well, the Guardians' offense this year was yeah, a joke that they put that well, offense yeah, yeah. together. You have to have a balance, but you need to put the ball in play. And yeah, what they, Cody they, Bellinger did is he made an adjustment. Everybody said he cut down with two strikes. He put the ball in play. His batting average went up with two strikes. His batting average is slugging. Everything went up this year. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's okay with two strikes to say, "Hey, Kratzy, there's a runner on third. With one out, and you're facing a sidearm lefty, and all you do is go up there and you go two strike approach to start, and you just go boop, and you hit the ball in the outfield and you drive the run home. That's okay. You don't always need the A swing. Now, the Yankees and Jake Bowers, who whatever that guy's name was that was blowing me up on Twitter about Jake <laughs> Bowers is the fucking poster child who got shit canned in Milwaukee, right, with his 600 OPS this year, but like because he had a good exit velo in triple A. Bowers like, got traded in Milwaukee. Well, yeah, he got, well, New York or Milwaukee. I mean, no offense to Milwaukee, but New York <laughs> No, Milwaukee. the guy that went after you said he was so good that the yes. Yankees decided not to keep him. Exactly. He yeah. was the, he was his poster child, okay? But my thing is, is it's okay to, to, to two-strike flip a ball. It's okay. Now, if you need a home run and you're down one in the ninth, fuck it, let it eat three times. I get that part of it. But there, there's a balance, and I think Cody Bellinger made all the adjustments that people needed to see him do in his one-year deal with the Cubs, he should be rewarded for it. And the Yankees make too much damn sense to start nitpicking. But this is what teams do, right? If you ever been to arbitration, they'll nitpick your whole career. Okay? But this is what teams do. They're like, oh, this makes too much sense. Oh, let's try to find a flaw in case we don't sign him. In I don't case know. we don't do this. I, I, I it agree still makes with, too much sense. I agree with parts of this. Other parts, though, are that this free agent market for position players is so thin that the overpay is going to be so dramatic. Now, I say that with a grain of salt, because who the hell cares? The Yankees shouldn't be thinking that way. But all Yankee fans pretty much are programmed now to think about the salary cap, a.k.a. the luxury tax, because the Yanks like to at least kind of think about it in the decision-making that they do. And part of that has to do with them saying, you know what, we go so far over it sometimes, we hate giving money to like Pirates owner Bob Nutting, who just says... (laughs) Thanks. I'm going to use this on my next boat. I don't even go to baseball games. That does suck. I get that part. That's annoying. But that's your own infighting. You have to figure that out yourself. But my point is, like, Brandon Nimmo got eight years, $162 million. Cody Bellinger is starting there when he has conversations with teams right now because he's saying, oh, well, who, who's your backup plan? Who's your backup plan that you're signing? Trades, whatever. <laughs> who's your backup plan? Who are you signing instead of me? There's, it, It's like here and then you go, whomp. He's going to crush. So he's a guy that if you look before this, he did figure something out. He's had a lot of mechanical issues with his swing. It's changed a lot, right? That's actually something with Hayward for years. And he finally got himself back right. I know it's not the same comparison, but I'm just saying like you, you would you be shocked if you saw a scenario where, you know, next year, or the year after it, it doesn't have to do with even health in my mind, suddenly his swings out of whack and Yankee fans lose their mind again. His swing's going to be out of whack because he's a guy that tinkers with a lot of stuff. He tinkers and he moves. Talking about Bellinger. Yes. And I wouldn't put Hayward in the same category. Hayward, Hayward is always going to cast his hands out. They just put him in 
But he changed that. 8,000 times. He too. tried, but it's always the same thing. He couldn't get to the ball inside. Okay. And so they put him in a situation where guys can't beat him inside with the stuff that's on the mount. Completely different topic. Bellinger should be the poster child of what everybody who is talented in the big leagues. He's talented. MVP. Uber prospect. 50 stolen bases in the minor leagues. 40 homers. Like crazy numbers. Crazy numbers. Should be the poster child of what you need to do with what you have. I mean, he has one of the weirdest swing starts of anybody, and he's shifted that, changed that. He went this year. He slugged 596 versus lefties. He was 337 batting average, 388 on base percentage. Okay, so he was over. He was over. Almost 1,000 OPS against lefties. He diminished from 2022. I was looking these numbers up. His strikeout rate overall against lefties was 27.5%. Take a guess what it was this year. Overall against lefties, I'm not even talking about certain pitches because curveballs, he went way down. It probably went in about half. My guess would be like 12. 15.8%. Against lefties. Against lefties. Yep. So when you talk about like his hard hit percentage isn't there, this is when you have to say, great, I get his hard hit percentage isn't there. How do we explain these numbers? And that's where analytics, if you just go by only hard hit, you wouldn't necessarily maybe pick up Joey Gallo. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't necessarily maybe pick up certain players just because their hard hit percentage isn't there. Why? Okay, or their hard hit percentage is there. He smashes the baseball. He hits it so hard. And this is the disconnect, I think, in when we talk about the minor leagues, is just because a guy hits the ball hard, how does he hit it? Just because a guy walks, how does he walk? And to me, you look at Bellinger, he made a concerted effort to strike out. And my question would him for strike him out less. to strike out less, my question to him would be, if I go to him and I say I have $190 million, I would say – how do I know your inconsistency isn't going to fluctuate like it has the first six years of your career? And what's the answer? You have to listen. You have to listen and you have to delve in. Wait, That's where the analytics. You think he's going to talk you into that no. one way or he's, another? He shouldn't have to. This should, be a, this should be a no-brainer. Because then I would get to the bottom of how he has made – what adjustments did he make? If he was just like, bro, I just wanted to strike out less. Then I'd be like, oh, maybe I'm a little nervous. But he's like – Oh, I did this. I analyzed this because now you're melding your analytics and everything. You're just talking to the guy. I'm not saying you need the secret sauce. I'm mm-hmm. saying you're talking to the guy and you're getting information about how he made that change because he made a huge change. The only reason I know this is because Jacob Nottingham hit with him in the offseason before his MVP season. And he goes, dude, this guy's going to have an unbelievable season. In spring training, I remember him saying this, and he goes, he made some changes, and watch what he does. 19, I saw him against the Giants at the beginning of the season. He was unbelievable. So if he makes changes, what are those changes, and how does that equate to success? Okay. Okay, so Kratz, earlier you said the Giants, if they go out, or someone needs to go out and go full Rangers, sign all these people. How about Bellinger, trade for Soto, sign Yamamoto for the Yankees? I don't think they have enough to trade. For Soto, give up whatever you need to give up. Give up everybody. For Soto, I, I don't know. And then if they you have sign enough. him, but you got to sign him. So who'd you say, Bellinger, Soto, Yamamoto? I did a wish list the other day too. Wouldn't yeah. that make no George yeah. Steinbrenner? 
God yes, rest his but soul. They, they won't he get, would have been like, fuck it, we're getting all these dudes. They won't get all three. If I'm them, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking in, a, in his scenario where he was talking about yeah. the Giants go out and sign Yamamoto and all these guys, right? Yeah. And spend the money. That's the team that could do it. You can't tell me they can't. I, I'm not saying it. But that would they be they the one have, team that would be like, hey, we can do this, and we would not even skip a beat. Do like do they need right? And the fans would be like, "Finally, the Yankees are back!" Right, but if they don't, so here's what will happen in my mind: if if Bellinger say signs with the Cubs, they match it, and he wants to go there instead and doesn't want to deal with New York, then I think the Yankees will pivot to trying to make a trade for Soto and signing someone like Kevin Kiermeyer and having those two plus going after a big picture like Yamamoto. Okay. That's what I think. But and the last thing on the Cody Bellinger, he has enough pop. Left lefties in Yankee Stadium, it's so overused. Righties. Feast in Yankee Stadium, not lefties. This is not a great swing. Two strikes out in front, putting the bat on the ball. That's when Yankee Stadium comes into play. If you're swinging for the for the downs every time, you can move it back to 400 feet in right field. It's yeah. still going out. Yeah, you mm-hmm. break your bat, you hit homers in Yankee Stadium. That's what I mean. It's so it's break. better for righties. It's a fucking joke. Dude. It's, it's better left, for righties. The right field. But it's great for lefties who put the ball in play. That's why I think Rizzo could be a really big bounce back candidate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We know what was going on there. That was a, a the concussion, concussion symptoms yeah. and all that. <laughs> That is a pretty graphic right there. That is. I like that. Nice job, Claudia. FT. Better than the Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't her. Nice job, Darth. FT at the BetMGM Sportsbook right here at Mandalay Bay. I like this studio, too. I might just live here. Uh, oh, please, Tuesday God. Oh, Wednesday. God. <laughs> but AJ would have to stay. Uh, oh, no. 1 o'clock <laughs> Eastern time, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. And a bonus FT at the Playmakers Classic, okay, at Mandalay Bay. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock local time, 10 o'clock Eastern time, there is a freaking rager, and there are going to be dozens of current Major League players there, and AJ will be there with a cocktail in his hand with interviews and conversations. Cannot wait for that. And then tomorrow, also, Ken Rosenthal joining us. Obviously, we need to get the lowdown from Ken. Lucas Giolito is going to be here in this studio. Who else? Oh, Oh, I know that. Um, I think Josiah Gray might be here tomorrow as well. I am currently converse, uh, conversing with him on the schedule. Okay. So Before AJ says anything, because we were looking at the graphic all together, read your emails one time. One time. One, one time. time. What email? Oh, oh my, my goodness. It's like AJ Office Space <sighs> TPS reports doesn't look at them. Okay. Google it. <laughs> Google it, kids. You, you Google it. What do you got? Send me you check the... I, don't, I have 2,000 emails. And I oh, email. please. Oh, because you're such a businessman. That's why I don't check my email. Because I'm not Only a text for AJ. Well, just from check now it on. for the. Just check what, it. One time. I had plans on Tuesday. Now I got to You don't have to switch plans. that. I'm here for a week. I know, but. Fine. Uh, don't come. Don't come. Okay. AJ's not coming to the party. Everyone Thank else you. is. Not good. He is coming. Same thing what happens. Look, if I have to go to the party, I'm going to look like that guy. <laughs> this, this is actually a depiction of what our guy behind the scenes, Derek, looks like. No, it's the <laughs> it's, it's the Yankees AAA team. It's their alternate jerseys. Actually, a really sick jersey. I get more comments about this hat besides like any of the uh, fluorescent hats that I wear. 
That hat slays. That's one of my favorites. Is, I don't know what that is, but yeah, like the, I said, the that's camo be me if brim. I the baby, the baby bombers. Baby bombers. That is it's, really it's sick. Good. So Scranton Rail Riders for life. They crush that. And See you Tuesday night. <laughs> what the hell? And on our way out. Dude, yes. It is awesome plans. to have everyone here. I got sphere plans tomorrow. I can see the sphere from my room. I'll take a picture. <laughs> I got for Usher you. on Wednesday. FT shirts. Get your jersey. Cyber Monday sale. Ballotterritoryshop.com. Oh, get your, get and hats hat. like AJ. Okay. They rock. We will see you from the studio Tuesday morning, West Coast time, afternoon, East Coast time, and a lot more coverage from Mandalay Bay. Thank you for having us out here. We are here, whether you like it or not, for the next few days. See you Tuesday. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.